For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. Now, I want to thank Home Instead Senior Care for providing the sponsorship for this show. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. And I love that about Home Instead. And, And one thing I love about them is they not only take care of the needs of the people that you love, like your parents or maybe you when you've had surgery, but they also really care about the person who has to give tender loving care to someone they love who needs help. So anyway, we're grateful for them and Really happy to present a show today that I'm so proud of. Uh, Lathan Watts, I just want to welcome you and thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. Lathan is, I'm going to give a quick bio about you just a little bit. So my my listening and, and some of my reading friends that tune in for these episodes, I want them to know what a treat we're going to have today. So you are with First Liberty, and here's just a few things about Lathan Watts that you might not know, unless you're like me and you go to his website and learn all about him. When I, I first heard him speaking to Oilfield Christian Fellowship, which is a wonderful organization that provides Bibles out in the field of the oil industry, and then also gives testimony and really encourages each other to remember to love Jesus. So that's the Oilfield Christian Fellowship. And Lathan came and spoke to us. But here's what he offers. He has this rich, vast history of taking on civil liberty cases that involve the First Amendment. But before he did ever that, he had a background with some really famous people that are elected officials like John Cornyn and Texas Governor Rick Perry. He's even served on the city council in in one of his own communities. So he's, he's not only a public servant, but he's also been in the field doing the work of an elected official. He has his Juris Doctorate from University of Mississippi. In case you're listening from Mississippi, you'll want to know that. And he trained his, his bachelor's work, undergraduate degree. He got at Harding University, which is in Arkansas. And, and Lathan, I just think your passion speaks so much, so highly of who you are in your heart. So I'm eager to talk to you and not dwell too much on many other things I could share about your background. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We're going to be talking today about how you came to know, uh, to have this great passion for religious liberty and really what that means. I think it may surprise some of my listening friends to hear you talk about it because you're so well-versed in what's going on currently. But before we get there, we're going to take that on in another episode, the second half of this hour. We're going to do another podcast that involves what's going on currently. So I want people to look for that. But, and also I want them to look for you and your organization at 
firstliberty.org. I didn't want to forget to mention that website. So tell me, Lathan, how did you get to be so interested in religious liberty? Did your did your parents do something special for you as a little boy to give you this passion? <laughs> well, they did their best. Uh, they did their best to raise me right, I guess. Um, and as a father myself, I now appreciate uh, just how hard that is. But um, you know, I would say uh, from a from a, a very young age, um, I was. Um, I was. I tell people, you know, I was that weird kid in grade school that watched the news and, uh, <laughs> and you know, knew who the president was and just couldn't wait to vote and all that. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan was the first president that I can remember. And wow. as a as a little boy, you know, um, I don't know, four or five years old, you know, your dad is kind of is your hero. I mean, that is he is it, right? And uh, yeah, I have a clear memory of being over at uh, my grandparents' house and my. My dad calling me over and like pulling me up, like sitting me in his lap and telling me, I, I need you to be quiet because I want to hear what this man on TV has to say. And oh. kind of looking around and everybody was watching. And I didn't know who the guy on TV was, but I knew that the guy who I thought the most of in the world thought well, that what this man had to say was important. And I later, you know, figured out that was President Reagan, you know, addressing the nation on TV. And so that's probably where, you know, just for out of just a little boy's admiration of his father, I became interested in who is this guy. And, um, you know, the more I grew up, the more I learned about him. Um, I have a, sort of a, a tendency that if there's something that I'm interested in, uh, whether it's a, a political figure or uh, a band that I like or, or whoever it may be, if I'm interested in them, I want to know who they're interested in. So, you know, being interested in Reagan and he and and then learning about the founding fathers, obviously in school and history, and um, I not I not only wanted to to understand what what they believed, but I wanted to know well, who were the men that they believed in. So, you know, studying Reagan leads you to uh, Calvin Coolidge. Um, studying Reagan and him quoting. Alexander Payne and Edmund Burke and you know Jefferson and Washington and all of these people. So that that leads me to start you know having an interest in these people. So I was always um, a history nerd uh, all, all my life, and that's what I majored in in Harding. Um, and so when you start studying those things, okay, well, who were the founders? Who who were they reading? Who were they interested in? You know, you, and you get into you know. John Locke and, and other and other folks. I, I do the same thing with uh, you, you know musicians that I like. If I like the way a guy plays or, or, or sings, whatever, I want to know who he likes, and that leads me to other bands and, and that sort of thing. So it's just sort of um, the way my mind works, I guess. But um, I I always loved history, and um, and then majored in that in undergrad, and was trying to decide as I was uh, coming towards the end of my four years at Harding. Uh, what I was going to do next, and I I always had a strong uh, a strong sense of just a a visceral almost gut reaction to injustice wherever yeah. I saw it, whether it was in the news or, or whatever it was, and so that's what really attracted me to the law to begin with. Um, I I'm kind of a wide-eyed idealist, you know. I need a, a cause to get up and go to work for every day, and um, and so that's what led me to law school, and, and thank you for you know, 
giving a shout out to Ole Miss, hotty toddy to any Ole Miss people that are that maybe Mississippi, Mississippi people um, are crazy about their universities, both of them. Yes, they are. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I, I studied law at Ole Miss, and um, I started practicing. But um, you know, in hindsight, I think even even probably before I finished my degree, I was starting to to maybe come to the conclusion that the traditional practice of law was not really going to be a good fit for me. Um, and but you know, by that time I'm almost finished, and I'm also you know married and student loans to pay back and, right. and those sorts of things. So I, I tried to make the square peg fit in the round hole for a little while, but I was I was really just miserable. And uh, I am uh, Texan by marriage. Uh, my wife is from here in the Dallas Metroplex where we live now. So uh, I have something to tell you about started, that. Being a Texan, I, I have I, I have something to tell you about being a Texan. What I always tell people is all the good people come to America, and when they get really smart, they come to Texas. And if they stay here long enough, we'll make a Texan out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my th- I tell uh, people yeah, that all the time. Yeah, I, 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 um, I let people know, you know when a Texan marries a non-Texan, the usual result is a new Texan. That's exactly uh, right. I tell Texas, my girls they can marry Texas anybody, girls, any not, man they wanted to from any part of the world as long as he was willing to raise his sons in Texas. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Texas girls don't stay out of Texas long. So. No, we don't. But we got so when yeah. we got back here to the uh, to the Dallas Fort Worth area, I started looking around for um, ways to use my 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 legal background in a in maybe in a non traditional uh, sense. And I was always, as I said, kind of interested in politics and history and all of that. But I grew up in a very small town, went to school in small towns, and never really had much of an opportunity to get involved in the political world. So when I moved to the Dallas area, I mean, this was the biggest city I'd ever lived in. Um, and I was looking for something to do, some way to, you know, use my legal background. And I ended up working on a congressional campaign uh, mm-hmm. for a man named Jeb Henserling, who uh, it was his first run for Congress. Sure. He is just, just recently retired. And, uh, yeah. and so I started out on that campaign and found out, uh, really, without really any any experience, and so I was kind of doing everything kind of on gut instinct. They would give me stuff to do, and I would just have to kind of figure it out. And my instincts just consistently uh, were being proved right. And it, it was the first kind of light bulb moment where I thought um, I might be good at this. This might be something that I could do, um, you know, in my career, put my legal background to work, but in a in a different way. Um, and as somebody who's you know raised in the church and and believes in, in service, I saw this really the political process and the, the process by which people are governed as other than being a full-time minister, mm-hmm. I saw no other opportunity where you could impact more people's lives than having an influence in our system of government. Whether people I, understand gonna, that or realize gonna, it or not, it impacts their life um, every day. Yeah, we've got one minute to the break. When we come back, I'm going to really focus in with you about what you're doing to raise patriots and and constitutionally literate children yourself, because I want to hear what somebody with your kind of background can do. And, and, And I love history. So I'm also going to press you a little bit on some specific things for kids when we come back. 
But in the meantime, I want to just mention, don't forget, you can find more from Lathan and also what is currently happening even in the Supreme Court at firstliberty.org or go to Kathy Craffey, K-R-A-F-V-E.com, where I will be writing about Lathan and about this interview. And so you can find more hyperlinks there if you want to just follow up on this. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to be right back. We've got lots more to talk about with Lathan, so stay tuned. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We are so glad you tuned in to hear what Lathan Watts with First Liberty has to say. And he's talking about what we can do to teach our kids and our grandkids an accurate understanding of this beautiful gift we've been given in the Constitution of the United States. Now, Lathan, I want to read a quote from you off the Harding University website. So one of their Uh distinctives, yeah, but I think you're going to love this. It, It really spoke to me. One of their distinctives included this. 
the promotion of citizen, this is one of their goals, the promotion of citizenship within a global perspective, developing a Christian understanding of and respect for other cultures through an emphasis on liberty and justice. I mean, that's like its own show, Liberty and Justice and how they work together. But you're an expert on that, and you're also so educated on this topic. So during the break, I did something kind of rude, actually, and he was just pulling books off his shelf to answer my question. I asked Lathan during the break what his top five most important historic writings were and American heroes that he would recommend. So if you're a mom at home and you're homeschooling or you're wondering if your kids are getting the public school education they need or even the private school education they need, I have an expert to answer that question. <laughs> so, Lathan, <laughs> yeah, you're it. So tell us, what All is right. your top, your five-finger list of most important books and most important American heroes? Um, I'm going to kind of um, separate these a little bit, maybe. Um, sure. I would... As far as uh, great books about um, historical figures, especially as it relates to uh, America and our founding and, and what, yeah. uh, what our founders intended, um, one of my favorite uh, historical writers is a man named Joseph Ellis, and he, he's written many, many books. Um, he has a, a very good biography of George Washington called His Excellency um, that I would recommend to anyone. Um, he has a book called American Creation. Um, that is about that time period and uh, and what the founders went through uh, uh, to form uh, our republic. He also has one, um, and I know I'm giving you a lot from one guy, but he also has one called Founding Brothers, which is about the founding generation, and it, and it kind of analyzes their relationships between the founding fathers through their correspondence back and forth to each other, what they wrote uh, you know, in the Federalist Papers. And I love it. I would say, you know, just as a as a foundation for any study of American history and government, uh, read the Federalist Papers. If you want yeah. to know what the founders were thinking, what they intended in that Constitution, read the Federalist Papers, mm-hmm. um, because that is uh, some of the best writing about uh, the Constitution by the men who wrote the Constitution. So uh, there, you can't go wrong with starting with you know, reading the Constitution and the Federalist Papers. Um, those few books that I mentioned by uh, Joseph Ellis are some of my favorites. I would also, um, a more recent one, uh, recent maybe in the, in the last five years, I'm not 100% sure, but um, there's a book called Inventing Freedom uh, ah. written by Daniel Hannon. Uh, okay. Daniel Hannon is a member of the European Parliament who represents Great Britain, and um, he's a historian in his own right. And that book is really one of my favorite ones that I've read uh, in the last few years. It, it discusses how the what is sort of universally accepted as the the idea of freedom, you know, that, that we enjoy in America, that we fought the revolution over. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he makes the case that that was actually fairly unique to um, Great Britain, that even on the continent in Europe, the feudalist system was was much different than uh, what started in England and with the Norman invasion in 1066, how that was kind of put on hold for a while, and then uh, the English kind of brought it back with the Magna Carta, and then he, he discusses the, the Revolutionary War as sort of the second English Civil War and makes the case that, you know, what the colonists were fighting for were their rights as Englishmen. 
and that had you know King George just recognized and treated them the way uh, British subjects expected to be treated, there might not have been uh, a revolution. But um, it's a really, really good book, uh, and I would I would suggest that to anyone. Um, there is uh, also a book called The 5,000-Year Leap um, that uh, discusses the American founding and how um, that human progress took a 5,000-year leap forward with mm. uh, the founding generation in America. Uh, mm. And and Hannon's book, Inventing Freedom, he actually discusses how that, that notion of freedom that started in, in Great Britain uh, was sort of uh, distilled into its purest form in the American in the American government that was formed uh, after the revolution. So uh, those are some great books on the on the founding and, and, and big ideas. Uh, well, you, you just did a rare thing. Out of six books you recommended, I've read one. <laughs> <laughs> the federal. I have read the federal well, papers, but the rest are all good yeah. recommendations for me. I can't wait to get them. Uh, I'll add I those would, to my collection I would also, shortly. I, I would, if I could uh, revise yeah. and extend my remarks, as they say on the on the floor of the Senate, sometimes there's a uh, a guy named uh, a PhD named Benjamin Weicker, and he wrote a book called Ten Books That Screwed Up the World," and <laughs> it's. It's very good. Honestly, it's a very good synopsis of the ten books, um, and the, the subtitle is "and five others that didn't help." Uh, so that book was pretty popular, and uh, but he kept getting uh, kind of pushback. So and you know, saying, "Well, if these books are so bad, what are what are the good ones?" So he wrote a follow up called Ten Books Every Conservative Must Read," uh, plus four not to miss, and one imposter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Those are uh, and, and they all have, contain very good uh, summaries of the of those books. So, the, reading the reading those two selections would probably lead you to reading uh, even more. But uh, I love it. Uh, well, if you're I, like me, I've got a stack of stuff on my reading list that I never seem to ever get to all of it. <laughs> I'm always I've got four going right now, and I've got one I just really want to finish. So I'm rewarding myself for reading some of the others by going back to it and reading one chapter at a time. So that I'll finish the others. Yeah, I, I read all the time. So I love this list that you just gave me. I can't wait to put it in my blog with your podcast. That's just going to be fun for me. Now, I want to ask you another really personal question. Thank you, by the way, for being so spontaneous with advice about what to write off your own shelves. That's pretty impressive. Now I want to ask you another personal question. What are you doing in the lives of your own children? I know you said your dad pulled you into his lap and said, I want to hear this man speak. So so you've got a really sweet example and picture there of what it means to be a parent that influences their child. So tell me a little bit about that. And don't forget, I don't want to forget to ask you, so I'm going to say it out loud. Uh, I don't want to forget to ask you about the difference between a deist and a Christian because I think it matters in our history. I love American history, by the way. So, okay, give me a quick, a little quick help with raising kids to love their country. Well, I mean, I think a big mistake that a lot that a lot of uh, people make, and it's easy to do, and it's not to say that I've got this all figured out, but I think a big mistake that 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 some parents make is assuming that their kids are going to be taught um, history and a love of country in school. And in many places they're not. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, to have a, uh, a charter school available that my uh, 
daughters attend. That's a classical academy um, where they are exposed to great books and, and history. And, um, but I, I make you know you have to you have to be intentional about it, and I make an effort to. Um, they, they know Daddy was a history major, so everything they discuss in history, they want to talk. They want to talk about with me, oh, and, I, and I welcome. I them, love that. You know, and I ask them, "What do you talk about in history today?" And, you know, um, I'd be curious to see what you think about this, Lathan. When I was raising my kids, uh, and I'm substantially older than you, like I got to vote for Reagan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one of my one of my things I did was. Uh, I, I, people would be really concerned when they'd hear that we were not just reading about uh, some of the books in history that affected the way we think, but I was actually letting my kids read books that my, some of my Christian friends just thought were not appropriate. And I would always say, when they would challenge me on it, I'd say, well, you know, they didn't become pirates because I let them read C.S. Lewis. And so I think we're safe. I mean, I think they can read these books. Yeah. The things that we're going to be discussing in the future and in their future, I wanted them to have enough education so that they didn't feel so stupid that they would cave. I wanted them to feel really solid about what they knew, that they'd actually read the original authors of some of these amazing books that have come to us throughout history and have impacted our culture, sometimes in ways like your, you know, you mentioned that man that wrote the book, 10 Books That Screwed Up the World. I wanted my kids to be familiar with those books. Right, right, and it's not it's not just about what they're what they're reading, you know, for school or uh, you know, what they're studying, you know, how how uh, history is being taught in their school, but it's it's taking an opportunity when it presents itself um, to discuss things, you know, that, that are current. I mean, if if I'm if I have the you know national news on at home, uh, story comes up, I will I will talk to them about it, or if it's if, you know a TV show that you're that you're watching. There, one thing that is that is seriously missing, I think, in, in education is, is is critical thinking. Uh, yes. And so I will I will take opportunities to point out, um, like, hey, did you hear the way the newscaster introduced this story? Does that not does that sound objective to you? Um, no. Right. It you know, okay. And, we we got or how the, you know to, to, so there's. You have to have things to think about, which is you know knowledge, and you have to study the the material, and that's what school is for. But you also have to um, hone that skill of critical thinking. Uh, I love that to like, be able to we, step, we've got like step outside and, and analyze um, things. We've got like a minute left. You're really speaking my language. I'm all about having these open conversations with everyone, so that all ideas are on the table and they can be analyzed well. Instead of just assuming that what sounds like truth may actually be a fallacy. So I love it that that you're talking about an open discussion as your teaching point for your kids. I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds before I do, in case you have something you want to summarize with. Don't forget, we're doing two of these episodes, so you can find the other one at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F-V-E dot com. Or you can find more from Lathan at FirstLiberty.org. Lathan, you've got about 15 seconds. You want to sum it up for us? Um, well, I can't say hello in 15 seconds. I'll just thank you for <laughs> uh, for having me on here. And uh, if, if people are interested in the work that we do at First Liberty, defending religious liberty, just like you said, go to FirstLiberty.org. Yes, please do that. And and we'll see. I'll put more about that in my blog. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. Thanks for listening in. 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in peace.